Yo, what is going on, everybody? I'm so excited to have you back for another episode of Into the Mind with Marlon Johnson. As you guessed, I'm your host, Marlon Johnson. And this week, we have such an amazing guest. We have Tino Luna. And for those of you that don't know, Tino is actually the individual that gave me that oomph I needed in order to close my first real estate transaction. I'm talking about a guy that got into the real estate business knowing absolutely nothing and went 18 months. Yes, you heard me right. 18 months without closing a single deal, without seeing a single dollar from the business. That's where he started, and now he is working side-by-side with one of the greatest in the game, Pace Morby, as a senior acquisitions manager, and he is absolutely killing it. I want you guys to stay tuned for his story. It provided me with so much inspiration and motivation that I was able to get my first deal done in half the time, and ultimately, it's going to provide you with the exact same fuel that it gave me. So make sure you stay tuned, listen, and when you get to the end of this podcast, if you receive any sort of value, I need you. I don't want you. I need you to actually screenshot this and share it because what's happening is you guys are getting value from these podcast episodes. I need you to share it with your friends. Bring the value to them. Ultimately, if it's helping you, it has the power to help somebody else. I make these podcasts so that I can share the wisdom, the value, the knowledge that other people are sharing with me. I want to keep passing it on, and I cannot do that alone. So that is the one thing that I am asking from you. If you receive any value at any point in time during this episode, Just screenshot it, share it, tag your friends, tag me, Marlon, the parkour flipper, tag Tino, and let us know. All right, on that note, let's get this episode started. Let's jump right into it. All right, so we officially are recording. So what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson. Today, my guest is Tino Luna. And first off, I need to say a big, big, big thank you to Tino. Tino, you are a huge part of why I was recently able to lock up my first two contracts and officially say that I got a house for free. Tino is one of the senior acquisition managers with American Home Buyers, working directly with Pace Morby and Cody Barton. And together, he and his team, they're locking up on average, what, 12 wholesale deals a month, something like six fixer flips and a handful of creative finance deals. Um, You know, I recently flew out to Arizona to spend some time with Tino and the squad, and I was blown away to see how the whole operation runs from the inside. I did not know what to expect with going out there on that trip, but I absolutely loved what I found. Your team had an amazing energy. You guys fully supported one another to help get deals locked up and to just keep growing each other in general. And my first day out there in Arizona, Tino, you actually took me out to lunch and explained how to win in this real estate game. And it's all about being consistent, focused, and having perseverance. So that talk, that's really what gave me the fuel I needed to come home and to build my business ultimately. So that's why I'm so glad to have you on the show here today so that you can share your story with the world. And I'm hoping it's going to inspire and motivate others the way it did for me. So Tino, thank you for yes, the show, bro. Bro, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for all the kind words. Definitely excited to be on here. Um, 
you know, obviously we had some good conversations when you came out here and I just like the way you approach business and um, just your, your aura, I guess you could say you have just really good energy about you. Very, um, you know, grateful for the time that you spent in Arizona and that goes a long way. The cards went a long way. Um, so just really, really appreciate you and, and your genuine spirit. And um, I'm excited to get going and, and really dive into the mind here, brother. Dude, oh man, I'm happy. By the way, I'm really happy you guys got those cards because at first I was like, yo, I'm just going to leave these here. I hope someone <laughs> finds them and no one like throws them out and just like pushes it into the garbage. So that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, so, we all got them. Super appreciative, bro. Like you are, like I said, you're one of a kind. You're the first and only person to show that kind of appreciation. So it goes a long way, man. Dude, appreciate it, man. So let's get this episode started off with diving into a little bit of your history uh i want to know what were you doing before you got into real estate um so i guess back to um so i was raised in la uh came out played baseball baseball was a big part of my life um went to college played ball in college tried to you know live the dream and and make the big leagues and stuff like that obviously didn't do that and uh I got a degree in nursing, um, and then I, I was—I still am a nurse. I still have my bachelor's, um, and I have my RN license. So, um, but for the last five years prior to getting into wholesaling or real estate, uh, I was a nurse. So, yeah, that's that's my background, man. Just baseball and nursing. That's crazy, man. Like that's wildly different from what you're doing today. I don't think a lot of people would have known that you even were in school and acted as a nurse and that you worked as a nurse. And I mean, I kind of figured the baseball, like if you go on your Facebook or your Instagram, it's clear my man plays baseball. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm obviously still a huge baseball fan. Um, Love the Dodgers. And so, but yeah, dude, I I was a nurse for five years. I actually recently just walked away from nursing. Um, I haven't been a nurse or I haven't been working since February. Um, so I did, you know, a little bit of ER, um, some step down stuff. So definitely two different worlds, like definitely still helping people. And that's kind of what drove me into real estate is the idea that we can help people and make money at the same time. Um, but just two, two different capacities. Dude, I'm happy to hear you say that because I think that's what you just said. That's also what pulled me into this entire realm is the fact that I was looking for something where I could fulfill that emotional need to want to help people, to want to be of service. And at the same time, I needed to find something that could support me financially and get me to where I wanted to grow and something that was actually going to make it happen to fulfill the dreams because we, we have big dreams. There's a lot of things that we want to do that cost money. So we need to have something that can actually <laughs> supplement it. It's, you know, it's like, it's just a matter of fact kind of thing. So that's cool that you saw real estate for that. So when did you actually get into real estate? You know, like, so you're working as a nurse, what made that transition happen? Well, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset, I guess, or, or not always, I guess it started in college. Um, similar background to Cody uh, Barton, one of the owners at American Home Offers. I got into an MLM, uh, multi-level marketing, and I did well there, um, learned a lot of self-development, 
and that kind of sparked that entrepreneurial mindset. So ever since college, I've been looking for something to really dig my teeth into um, to really, you know, walk away from um, the rat race, I guess. I was raised where my parents were like, hey, get us get an awesome job, get a stable job, put into your 401k, work until you're 65, and then retire. And I, that just never really resonated with me. Um, and so... Anyway, from, from college, um, always looking for something. And then one day an ad came up uh, for wholesaling with one of the big coaches out here in Phoenix. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Clever Investor. Um, and I learned what wholesaling was. And at first I was like, I don't believe this. Like you can get into real estate with no money, no credit. I'm like, this sounds like a scam, but I'm like, whatever, I'll just give it a shot. So I ended up buying his course and that's what introduced me to the business. Um, and then from there, just kind of did my own thing, really struggled for about 18 months. And then I met with Pace Morby um, and, and I kind of brought him value, value driven um, relationship. And I was like, hey, you know, I closed some deals with, with a prior wholesaler that we weren't able to sell, I think, because you do creative structuring, I think these may be some deals that you can help the sellers out. And Pace was like, well, it's really rare that you can keep a relationship with a seller even after you guys, you know, don't actually perform. And so he thought that was rare and cool that I was still following up with them. And at that point, Pace was like, what are you doing for money? And I'm like, I'm a nurse part-time, um, struggling with the wholesale game to really just trying to get one to two deals a month to pay the bills and, and add some, some freedom. And then, yeah, so ever since he brought me on board, man, things have just taken off like crazy. Dude. I mean, I absolutely like that. There's two things that you said that really, like I want to tap into really quickly. You yeah. know, you spoke about how, when you first came across wholesaling, like you're just seeing some ads on the internet and it looked like a complete scam. And it just like triggered my brain into thinking like, yeah, it's funny how oftentimes opportunity looks like a scam. Like our brain will tell us like, yo, that's not real. That can't happen. That's not. And now we work in a position, especially as guys that like to do creative finance deals, where we're calling people and we're trying to tell them like, yo, we got this opportunity to help you out. Like we can solve your problem. And the first thing that goes through their brain is, yo, it's a scam. It's not real. But you have to be willing to take that leap of faith. And on the opposite side, you find out, okay, wow, this, this is real. It's possible. So yeah. that's really cool that you still took that leap of faith. You decided, yeah, whatever. You know what? Let me, let me actually just give it a try. Let me not just knock it and say wholesaling is not real. Getting into real estate with no money and no credit isn't real. Let me actually go and test it and see. Yes. So that's really cool. And I got to agree with Pace, you know, like it's definitely, it shows someone's character that you can keep a relationship alive with a seller that ultimately in that position, you basically realized you kind of have like them as a seller, they couldn't really bring you any value, at least any monetary value. Because right. as far as you knew, the deal was dead. There was no way to make any money off of this relationship anymore. And yet you still followed up with them. You still kept in touch with them and something blossomed out of it, whether it was, you know, you guys being able to close the deal later when you brought it to Pace or just you now having a relationship with Pace because of how you nurtured 
these other people and he appreciated that. So that's really cool that I think a lot of people should pick up on that because I know a lot of times guys get it in their head that, yo, you're a tire kicker type of lead or you're a dead lead. And they kind of just brush that person off rudely. And it's okay to move on to the next person, but remember that you're dealing with people. So you should yeah. never at any point be disrespectful to people, yes. always people with respect and kindness, even if they can't do anything for you. Yeah, for sure. That's huge. I think I like that you touched on that because there's a lot of, you know, uh, wholesaling is a very sexy thing right now, I guess you can say like a lot of influencers and um, people are, are pushing their narrative and a lot of them push that narrative of like, we're out to make money and we're out to be sharks and we're out to just make as much money as we can. And, and it's going away from really helping people. Right. And that's what I love about pace is pace is like, who can we help today? And we're always like, that's where our mindset is going into the conversation is, can I help you today? And if I can't help you today, that's totally cool. No pressure. I'm not here to, to be this pushy salesman, but let's have a conversation when you're closer to a decision, right? And, and we keep that friendly dialogue. Um, so I love that you touched on that because that's really what drew me to Pace is he is such a go-giver and, and it really does separate him from a lot of people. Dude, I love that. So let me ask you, actually, because you do work so closely with Pace and with Cody and the other guys in the office like Nick and Rochelle, what's it like being in that atmosphere and energy? Because I know I definitely just spending my time out there with you guys, I was just, you guys like charged me up, bro. Like I'm still <laughs> running on that high right now. I like, love it. Was good. I love it. Yeah, the, the energy, just like you're saying, it's huge. Like, pace in him in and of himself is like this i don't really understand i don't really like know how to explain it but he's just like a ball of energy himself like wherever he goes it's like good things just happen it's amazing <laughs> like he he definitely is in tune with however he gets his higher power and stuff like that but um the energy really in the office is just very upbeat like we are competitive to a point where it's like Hey, I made 60 calls today. Um, and Nick will be like, all right, I'm going to make 61. You know what I mean? So there's that competitive spirit, but it's also like, how can I help you? So the energy in the office is it's unreal. It was unreal in the Mesa office. And now we're moving to the lemon office, which there's a different setup, but I think the way that the lemon office is set up is just going to really amplify that energy. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super excited, dude. The energy is always, you know, off the chain, just like you're saying. Dude, I love that, man, because you guys really did, like, feed me with that. Like, when I got out there, like I said, I didn't know what I was really getting myself into, getting on that plane, going out to Arizona. I genuinely, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what I'm hoping to get. I just had a feeling that I needed to go do it. And you guys showed me, like, it was just so much fun. It reminded me of when I was working in my parkour gym with my best friends and we just were having a blast every single day. And there were days where we worked extremely hard. There were days where we like, were just kind of cruising by, but always like there was always this dynamic energy, this chemistry between the individuals that showed up where no matter what, I was excited to go to work, even if it was like a bad day. Like I was just excited to go see my homies, to go see my friends, to go in the trenches with those people again. 
And yeah. it was that camaraderie and that brotherhood that just kept me coming back for as long as it did. And that was exactly what I felt when I, I think I said it to you guys on day one. I was like, man, like <laughs> the energy was right. You guys had Nerf guns literally like hanging out. And once I saw the Nerf guns in the front desk, I was like, oh yeah, like these people know how to have fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. You got to keep it loose, man. You get, cause at the end of the day, just like anything else, this business does become a grind. Like there is a point where you do hear no's, you know, for a little while and you got to keep the energy up. Um, because as you know, you know, let's just say you come in, you make calls at nine and you're hearing no from nine to 12. Um, you know, if you don't keep that energy, your, your phone calls start to lag, your, your tonality starts to drop and you're answering the phones like, hi, Mr. Seller, would you like an offer on your, your home? You know? And so the nice thing about American home offers and Pace and Cody is they allow us to just be us. They allow us to be dudes that bring Nerf guns in and you take a break and you joke around and, you know, we do like stupid little things like get, we'll take a foot race outside and see who can win. Like <laughs> we just keep the energy going and, and just keep, keep the office as fun as possible, man. Dude, so what I like, and this is a huge reason why I have to thank you. And you just brought it up a little bit when you're in the office, like you're there are days you're hearing no nonstop. And for me, you know, on the outside, I looked at you guys. I'm like, all right, this is a well-oiled machine. You guys got pace. You guys got Cody. You got Tina. You got Nick. Like you guys know what you're doing. You guys have deals under your belt. So in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of other people feel like this, you guys are just closing deals every single moment. Every time you get on the phone, it's just another deal closed, another deal closed. And that first day I was in there, I straight up, like I listened to your guys' calls all day. And that entire day, it was just, you guys heard no after no after no for the entire day. And for me, it just, it made everything so real. I was like, okay, these guys, these guys hear no. Like, it's not something that's wrong with me. This is just the name of the game. This is like, you just got to be persistent. You got to keep going. You got to stay following up and you got to not allow anything to knock you off that horse. So, you know, like it was really, really powerful and insightful to see yeah. that, you know, guys like yourselves where we would put you on a pedestal are also receiving the same sort of treatment that we're receiving from the sellers, but you keep going. And that's the difference maker. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's something that we've actually learned quite a bit recently. Um, actually, I would say, let's go back to April. April, COVID hits, right? Mm -hmm. or, or the majority of COVID hits. Um, and that was our, our worst month. We still closed like, I think, seven deals or something like that. But um, we saw that the activity, are, because we were home, okay? So being home is a different, is way different energy than being at the office. I have a family, Nick has a family. Um, I have a brand new baby boy. So when I'm at home, it, there's a lot of discipline that needs to be had if you're gonna get the calls in and the energy. Um, so one thing that we noticed is our call volume went down, right? And so instead of hearing in, sorry, hold on one second. <laughs> Don't come back in please. Um, <laughs> that's what it's looking like being a dad working from home. That's, that's it right there. Um, so we noticed our call volume went down and, and the deals went down. And so I was talking to Pace and I'm like, dude, what, what are we missing? What's the magic, magic formula? Right. And he goes, well, look at your guys' call volume. What, how many calls are you guys making a day? And I'm ashamed to say that 
our, our goal as a, as a company for junior acquisition guys and acquisition guys, once we're in Podio is 60 to 80 calls a day, 60 is pretty much minimum. Um, typically we do about 80 to hundred calls a day, but, uh, dude, we were, we were somewhere like in the thirties and forties, everybody. And one thing that I've noticed is there's, I mean, yes, you'll get better as a salesman and you'll know when to say things and when to not say things. But at the end of the day, man, the great equalizer is the effort. If you may, if you turn more cards over, you're going to find the aces quicker. And so that's one thing I've learned is just, you got to do the work, man. There's nothing, there's no magic formula or potion. It's just putting in the hours, putting in the calls. Dude, I love it, man. That was something that uh, Pace literally, like when I was hanging out with him, he turned around in the car and looked at me and like, he pretty much said that word for word was just like, yo, you want to know the secret, man? You want to know the secret formula for real? You just got to put in the work, bro. <laughs> it's like just, it. every day, you just got to show up and you just got to put in more work. And you look at anyone that we admire, look at guys like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, like they're just animals. They just put in the work. That's all it was. And then that's, once again, like that's what you taught me as well. Because when you told me your story about your first deal, right? How long, can you tell everyone how long it took before you closed on your first deal? So from start to my first payday, it took me 18 months of pounding the, pounding the, the ground to get paid from a wholesale deal, man. 18 months. Yeah. And I was worried because I was just like, yo, I'm six months in and like nothing's <laughs> happened, man. Like, and I'm like, dude, is there something wrong with me? Should I stop? Should I go find something else? Should I just started going on like indeed like yo should i just start looking for a new job man like maybe i could call my old job up like get that back and then you told me 18 months and i was just like i'm not quitting this isn't yep. over until i win and it gave me everything i needed to keep going and it's yep. like you said it's just putting in that hard work keep turning the cards over eventually you find the aces you know yep. so it's really like once again it's inspiring man so let me ask you you do talk to a lot of sellers now you know you're it's not april anymore you guys are back up with your call volume doing 60 calls minimum you're hopping on the phone really 80 to 100 on good days on average days with your calling are you following a script or is it free flowing like what's that look like nowadays i know a lot of people are obsessed with like yo can i see your script can i see your script like yeah so one thing that's huge for us as a company I mean, we do have scripts, don't get me wrong. Like we have a baseline, but it's similar to the way you have questions to lead the podcast. We just have bullet points that if we start getting off into tangents, it'll kick us back on the sales process line, right? So the, we do have a script. We recently kind of changed up um, the script, if you will, last month. Um, we weren't creating enough urgency with our sellers. And so I had a conversation with Pace and Pace is like, okay, well, why don't we try this? And so that is the one time that we did take down a script, but for the most part, uh, we're pretty free flowing, man. Like, I don't know, I'm sure you know of TTP, but we follow the four pillars. Um, so timeline, motivation, um, price and condition. And as long as I can really get those four things out of the conversation, um, I'm pretty happy. So, but to answer your question, I would, I would say we do have a script, but it's more like bullet points to really keep us on track with the phone calls. 
I love it. And I think that's a lot of newbies get hung up on saying that they don't know the right thing to say. And something somebody told me was you can't ever say the wrong thing to the right person. And you can't ever say the right thing to the wrong person. And this, like you and Cody, I heard you guys say this when we were there. Your job isn't to convince the seller that they have to sell their house. Your job is to convince the seller that if they're selling their house, to have the conversation with you. Yes. And that is such a different mindset right there. Yeah. That's an entirely different energy you're coming into that phone call with a different conversation you're having because now you don't feel like you're trying to trick a person into selling their house. You're just talking to someone that needs to sell their home and you're presenting them with the best offers out there, period. Right. right. And so, you know, this, the big thing in, in this industry is finding the motivation. Okay. So when you find the motivation, it's just learning how to ask the right questions about that motivation. So for instance, um you know a guy's like hey you know what a deal we bought last month the lady was like hey you know i'm a new dialysis patient i have to go you know every tuesday thursday saturday my master bedroom's upstairs i'm so weak that i can't i can't go up to my master bedroom to sleep so i've been sleeping on my couch but she also doesn't want to list it because of covid and she's has a weakened immune system so i start really that's where my rapport is built right i start asking questions about the illness and how that makes her feel and what it would feel like to get out of the house and have the master bedroom on the first floor you know what i mean so that's really where the i guess the sales process comes in is is creating rapport with the right questions it, it, it's listening to the conversation really hearing what they're saying and, and asking a good follow-up question. Dude, that's perfect. And it's, it's spot on because I now know from experience with the deal I recently locked up, that's all it was. It was listening to this guy. He had two properties. He was paying the mortgage on both of them, including his own personal residence. One of them, his tenant destroyed the place, ran out, it's been sitting vacant for two years. And the other one, his tenant wasn't paying the bill. So he's never missing a payment, but he's just like at a place where it's like, I'm paying three mortgages and I'm working 60 plus hours a week. And I explained to him like, well, I just listened and I said, well, you know, how would it feel to not have to make those payments anymore? Because you're not making any money there. You're all the money you're earning. Why wouldn't it be nice for you to just keep that? Is that something that you'd be interested in? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, all right, well, we can help you make money by taking over your mortgage for you. Like you don't have to pay that anymore. That won't be your responsibility. We'll pay that for you. And boom, free house. That's so like, awesome. Dude, it was amazing. But it came from doing what you said, you know, listening to this guy and not starting the conversation with what I wanted, starting the conversation with trying to figure out, the whole point of the conversation was to figure out, well, what do you want, Mr. Seller? What is it yep. that would make you happy? And can I work myself in there to be the person that provides that for you? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Solve them, solve more problems and we get rewarded with more profit. Right? So sometimes the hardest deals, uh, you know, we have to solve a ton of issues, but typically those are the ones where we, we make a good payday on. So let me ask you actually speaking of hardest deals, cause this was one of the questions I had for you. What's one of the weirdest, hardest deals that you've had to 
kind of conquer that you figured out or that you guys worked on? Bro, so <laughs> this is actually prior to even working with Pace. It's still my toughest deal ever, period. Um, so prior to Pace, uh, you know Jeff Dwyer. He's, he's actually head of disposition for Pace now. Jeff and I kind of partnered up or, or um, squatted up, if you will. He had a bunch of leads that he needed help converting, and I am a salesman. And so I was like, okay, let's work together and, and let's uh, work on this deal. So anyway, it was a, a property where it's a burn property. So we have no idea how to go about this. Um, we lock up the deal. Um, we're, we're getting ready to sign and two huge things ha happen. Okay, so the seller, we're calling him on signing day. He's not answering. Um, and so we call his girlfriend and he goes, Hey, he's been taken to jail. Um, it's a really sad situation. He ended up physically assaulting the girl and, and his, and his son, he ended up going to jail. And so, you know, obviously we feel terrible, but we're also still trying to push the deal forward. And so we're, we're trying to help her out too, cause she's going to make some money out of this. Um, and so there's the guy ended up going to jail. We ended up, having to send a constable there and trying to work details out in jail. It was, it's just, it, it was a nightmare, man. And uh, it got so bad to the point where the guy started like threatening Jeff and I, like physically, verbally threatening, threatening us. Um, so I would say that's the toughest deal I've ever had to work. Like we had to find a lawyer to, to negotiate on our behalf in jail. Um, and then we're trying to still close on a guy that's basically threatening to take our lives. It was just, it's the worst deal I've ever come across, but um, it's definitely a learning experience because that's when Jeff and I were on our own. We were having to take it from start to close. Now, you know, I'm working with Pace and it's a well-oiled machine. All I do is grab the contract and basically toss it behind me and everybody else from, from Cody to Jeff to Rochelle takes the rest of the way, you know? And so I think that's the hardest thing about being a solopreneur is trying to take stuff from acquisition all the way to, to dis disposition. So yeah, man, that, that's probably the craziest deal I've had. That's insane, man. I had no clue, but you know, like it resonates because I'm still right now working with, honestly, like I'm working with a woman where this isn't even going to be a deal at this point because the foreclosure judgment has already been passed on her property. But it was a situation where she got into some predatory lending, like clear as day predatory lending, man. And wow. it's just me continuing to work with her to show up to her, answer her calls. I was actually at her place last night, helping her write out a letter because she wants to bring her story to the news so that things like this don't happen again. Because it was, dude, like when I say predatory lending, I mean, like she needed a loan to help pay for her daughter to go to college. And she like, trusted a friend they brought her to a hard money guy and no hard money lender should be giving you a loan against your house to send your daughter to college None. yeah like that's yeah. Just, and then you look at the way they set things up and they use the loan money to pay the points and all that good stuff but like you said by going through it and sitting and working with her i'm learning so much more because she's explaining so many different things to me and now yeah. i'm like wow okay this is actually allowing me to become way more useful and way more helpful 
for the next person I find who might potentially be entering her situation. And so there's never anything wasted out of it, but seeing what you're saying as well as getting things from acquisition to disposition, it's a lot of work. And a lot of folks don't recognize that the solopreneurs don't see that. And they're so focused on get the contract, get the contract, get the contract, but they never built out any of the back end. Meanwhile, even with getting the contract, their contracts are usually pretty garbage. So like those are also like halfway undone. So it's just like you're sitting in like a really rinky dink boat and the wave is coming and you have no clue what to do. So it's like having a team around you squatting up with the team makes a difference. Like I started using your guys' acquisitions manager, Michelle, and she's making this just insanely easy where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could do this on my own, but why would I want to? Like, why right. not let her continue to do this part and I can go get good at doing the part I'm good at doing? Dude, she's amazing. Like, we, so I always try and text her and tell her I appreciate her like crazy. But if it wasn't for Rochelle, man, she's the glue that holds everything together. Like, she, she's just beyond amazing. We appreciate her so much. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for her, like, a lot of our deals would fall apart probably. <laughs> Dude, Rochelle is, yeah, she's on point, man. Like I absolutely love her. Like she's seriously, I'm happy that you guys continue to show your appreciation towards her. And like, I literally wrote like on one of my boards of like what I want. I was like, I want a Rochelle. Like I just, I want a Rochelle cause she's so awesome, dude. She's amazing. Dude. All right. So that's the stuff that's all about the business, which I really love. Now what I want to dive deeply into is the mindset, right? So I know when we went to lunch that first day out in Arizona, you were telling me a bit about how when you started to really pursue like network marketing and entrepreneurship and investments and real estate, that your circle of friends began to change, like your personal relationships, your intimate relationships, all that stuff started to change. What was that like? Uh, That was tough. Um, I I do still have a few friends from, prior um to my entrepreneurial uh journey i guess you could say but it was really tough because so in network marketing you do surround yourself with a lot of go-getters a lot of people that have the same mentality um but let's change that to when i started getting into real estate right um i get into real estate and i'm getting pushback from my parents a lot of my close friends um And it was tough, but I knew from reading books and self-development that if I was getting pushback, I knew I was on the right path. Does that make sense? So, um, yeah, it was tough, but you keep on it and you keep doing it. And now two years later, the same people that were giving me that pushback and telling me that this is a waste of time and this and that are reaching out and they're asking me, hey, how did you do it? Can you help me do it? Right? So. It, that the things do change. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. You know, it's like, it's, I tell people like this funny story of like when I was younger, I used to skateboard and I lived in a predominantly black neighborhood. Kids didn't skateboard back then. Black kids didn't <laughs> skateboard back then. Right. Like this is yeah. pre little Wayne getting on a skateboard. Like maybe the only <laughs> skater we had out there that represented the community was like Lupe Fiasco. Like the only one that was like mainstream that made skateboarding somewhat acceptable, but he wasn't even like popular like that back then. So I'm riding my skateboard around the neighborhood and the kids are telling me like, yo, we don't do that. Black kids don't do that. And like, I literally got jumped for skateboarding. 
And I like, I hated it, man. Like I hated being in my community with like my hobby because it was what I loved doing. So like I would have to run away and go into other neighborhoods just so I could do this thing that I enjoyed doing. Years go by and I'm like now in high school and all those same guys that used to pick on me, tell me I was a loser, tell me I was weird, that we don't do this kind of stuff, started asking me like, yo, can you teach me how to skateboard? Yo, can you show me how to do that trick? And in my mind, I was like, yo, don't you remember how much do you used to like rag on me for this? Like you guys made me feel terrible. Yes. You know, it's like, it showed me at a very young age. Okay. You know what? If you stick to what's true to you, people come around eventually. So don't worry about trying to please anybody else. Just work on, if you got a gut feeling and you know, it's right for you, stick with it, go through, do it. And ultimately the right people will come back to you. And the people that weren't the right people, they'll try and flock to it later. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm glad you said that because I'm big. I'm a big believer in trusting your intuition. Um, if if I feel like it's the right move for me, and I still am working on this, but I'm working on just getting that gut instinct, really being in tune with, I guess the universe, if you want to call it that, and um, and moving quickly, making decisions quickly on my intuition. So I'm glad you touched on that, dude. Because if you feel like it's the right move for you. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's your dad, your girlfriend, um, your best friend. If they tell you it's wrong and you know in your heart and in your gut that it's right, dude, you got to keep pursuing it. Dude, I love it. Like, I know you can't really read what's on my board here because, like, everything's backwards and kind of small. But one of the things I have written up there says gamble on your feelings. So if you got that gut feeling, go with it. Like, bet on that every single time. Because even if it doesn't seem like it's right in the immediate feedback that it gives you, Long-term, your gut feeling, your instincts never, ever, ever are wrong. Ever. Just now. It hasn't ever been. It won't ever be. Yes. I love that, man. So, you know, earlier we kind of, we noticed like you had a little interruption. The door opened up because you yeah. are married. You, like you said, you have two beautiful children now. Yeah. How do you manage, you know, this family life as well as work? You know, what's that look like? Were there certain conversations that needed to be had um, with you and your wife and your kids or, you know, like, I, cause this real estate business, it's a lot. It is. It is a lot. Um, yeah. There were some conversations that had to be had with, with my wife and I, she's super supportive. Uh, I'm, I got really lucky with her. Um, she has always known that I've wanted to be an entrepreneur and do something for myself. We actually met in high school. And I've been telling everybody since I was in high school that I'm going to be a millionaire someday. I have no idea how, okay, but I'm going to be a millionaire. And uh, so she remembered that. And so anyway, we started dating and, and um, we were married at the time when I, when I found real estate. And I told her like, look, it's, it's going to be a, a really intense five years, but give me five years. And if in five years I haven't made any, any headway in this real estate thing, then I'll back off a little bit and spend time. But the way I mitigate that is obviously always being, you know, in communication with my wife. Um, but I stole this from Pace Morby's page is wake up early, wake up as early as possible so that you can crank out. Like as an entrepreneur, we're big on self-development, reading, meditation, positive affirmation, stuff like that. So I try and wake up early. I'm not perfect at it. There are some times where, you know, 
I, I, I sleep in a little bit, but sleeping in for me is like 6 a.m. But I try and wake up between four and five every day and I get myself development in and that I can go to work from nine to five or six. And then when I come back home, I shut it off. Like I, I, it's hard to shut it off because your mind's always running. But, you know, I, I need to, if I'm putting in this kind of work to be successful in real estate, I need to put in the same amount of work into my family to make sure that we're growing as a family and I'm being the best dad and husband that I can be. Dude, I love that. I, I straight up, I truly, truly love that. I appreciate that because like yourself, I, I stole that same page from Pace where I recognized like, holy crap, that's why he's waking up so early. It's <laughs> so that you can do all of like that working on yourself stuff up for up front. You know, it's kind of like um, the richest man in Babylon. They have that principle of pay yourself first. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it as well. Pay yourself first. Now they might've been talking monetary, but if we talk about just everything else that goes into being a person into being truly wealthy, pay yourself first also means giving yourself time, spending your time on you first, before you spend time on your business, before you spend time on your relationships, your family, you pour into yourself so that your cup is filled. And now that your cup is filled, you can now let it pour over into everyone else. And the beautiful thing about doing it first thing in the morning, you get to utilize it immediately in that day. Whatever yep. you learn early in the morning, it now gets to be used right away. So you're really retaining it. You're really applying it and you're actually building on that skill. I love yeah. that you had that conversation with your wife that you let her know, like, hey, like, give me five years. Like, and you're staying in communication with her throughout the day. You're letting her know, like, hey, I'm at work. Hey, I'll be home. And when you do come home, you shut it off because it's hard. A lot of guys, you know, we get excited. We're like, all right, we're about to build this empire. And you go in there and you put the blinders on and now you're building, 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 building. And when you're finally done and you look at what you built, you realize you're standing alone. You got no one to share the empire with. And that's ultimately a failure. You yep. built a failed empire because you're standing in it by yourself. Thousand percent, man. Thousand percent. Dude, I absolutely love that, man. So is that one of your, uh, I'd say, would you say like that's a daily habit that you have to wake up? each day and work on the mindset first thing in the morning? Yeah. So, um, I, I, that's definitely, I feel like I'm at optimal performance when I'm waking up and I'm working on my mindset. Like I, I wake up, I take a shower. I don't do the cold shower stuff. I, I'm thinking about it, but, um, I wake up, I take a shower or I wake up and go to the gym. Um, and then after I'm done with the gym, I come back shower and then, um, I do, so I do 10 things I'm thankful for. Um, so I'm always in a positive mindset, in a, in a gratitude mindset versus like being negative. You know what I mean? Like I could be, um, in other words, it just makes me grateful. Like I, I'm happy for my life. I'm happy for the income I'm making. And then when you're in that state of gratitude, more you attract like more positive things I cut out there. You, uh, you attract more positive things into your life. And so I do the, the 10 things I'm thankful for. And then I read, um, it depends on the book. Like sometimes I'll read a sales book. Um, and then sometimes I'll just read like straight self-development, like, you know, um, what's the, how to be a badass. That's one book that I just finished. But right now we're reading a book as a crew. It's the 10 X rule. And so, we're reading it one chapter at a time. And then every morning we're trying to get a zoom in 
and kind of discuss the key points that we take away. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, I think number one for me is taking care of my body. Like if, if I'm not in the, if I'm not in the gym and I'm not being active, I can, I, I see myself start to slip a little bit. And then all of my other good habits, like reading, doing the affirmations, those start to suffer too. Yeah, I love it. I love it because I recently, I've been noticing the same thing. I've been waking up nice and early, going out to the track, running like two miles every morning. And then I like get the rest of my day is able to flow so much better because I took care of my physical body first thing in the morning. So yeah. let me ask you actually, because this is something that I've been reflecting on and reading about and have been re-implementing, which is getting yourself into that right vibration, getting yourself on that frequency first so it's a lot of people they're like yo show me the technique yo yo tino show me how to make the phone calls or yo show me how to talk to a seller or this and the third and what i'm finding is more than show me how to talk to a seller show me how to get into the right vibration first show me how to get into that frequency where the universe is just working for me where I'm lucky. Things are just happening. I can't even predict what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know why it's working out, but it's working out. And that's kind of been where the mindset has been recently. And when I look back and reflect on the things that have come into my life that I've absolutely obsessed about where I had no clue how I was going to get it, it, it just appeared and it appeared quickly. I think, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, I don't know where the money came for those things or how the opportunities came. But I just remembered I was insanely, insanely obsessed about it. Like my brain was just on it 24-7. You couldn't turn me off of it. It was, I was on. So is that something that you find to be true in your life as well, where it's just getting into that frequency is almost more important than figuring out the actual know-how or the how to make it happen? I think that's the biggest, like 100%, that's the biggest um, part of everything in, in success is really getting into that vibration. I don't know, you know, what you or your viewers of, you know, are as far as like religious and stuff like that. I do believe in God, but I also believe that there's an energy out there at the end of the day, I, I am a science head too. So if you break it down to the, the very basic, uh, science of life, we're literally just a giant bag of energy. And so if you don't have that right energy, you're not going to attract the, the, the right energy back, right? So um, I, I think being grateful, it gets you in the right vibration. Um, there was this thing, I forgot what book it was, but it's similar to a radio station, right? If you want to listen to hip hop, okay, and let's just say hip hop is on 98.3, but you're on 96.7, you're never going to listen to that, that hip hop, right? You're never going to get to that frequency. So if, if let's just say your best life is at radio station 98.3, but you're always at 96.7, that great life is out there. You just have to raise your frequency to get to there and match it. Right. And so by, by doing the positive affirmations, by work, waking up early and working out and getting those endorphins and, and starting your day on a positive note, you naturally raise your vibration and, and turn that frequency into the best life. That's the biggest thing I've ever taken from Pace Morby is vibrations. Like that dude is in 
amazing vibrations 24 seven. Doesn't matter if he gets two hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep. Like he is a walking energy, like vortex. Dude, you have no idea how in line, like us having this conversation right now is even like just in the grand scheme of things. So I'm absolutely ridiculously happy that we're having this conversation right now. Anybody that just listened to that, I want you to like seriously pause, rewind the last five minutes and listen to it again. And then after you listen to it a second time, rewind, listen to it a third time until it really sinks in. And you're like, why does Marlon want me to keep re-listening to this? It's yes. that important. It's seriously, seriously that important. Yeah. So Taylor, thank you. Dude, that's insane, man. I'm happy you said that. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's, there's a ton of, um, you know, documentaries and stuff like that out there. Like, you know, the original vibration frequency stuff was the secret that came out like 20 years ago. Um, but it, it's guys, it's, it's pretty much just science. Like when you are in a positive mindset, you're putting off good vibrations, you become a magnet to those same vibrations. So I think that's the biggest thing if, and I can feel myself, right? I can feel like, let's just say I wake up at 6 a.m. versus 5 a.m. There are some times when I catch myself waking up and I'm upset that I woke up at six and I'm like, okay, Tino, snap out of it. You woke up at six, but if you go down this path, you're going to have negative vibrations all day. And then one thing leads to another. I'm sure you've seen this where you're like, oh, everything's going bad. Nothing can go right. And then all of a sudden you get a flat tire and then you're late for work. And then so... Yeah, man, I think that's the biggest thing is just getting in the right mindset and producing that that top level frequency. Dude, I literally like I have a story of when I was like, I remember there was a time where the frequency was so high for such an extended period of time. I didn't see a red light like driving in traffic. I didn't see a red light for like a week straight. I kid you not. Like yes. I was driving, but it was just the weirdest thing. And I was just like, yo. I'm really just like the green lights are there everywhere. It's like Bruce Almighty level, like green lights all the way through. But I recognized, yeah. I was like, yo, no, I'm just really tuned in right now. And everything is just working for me. Like it's just working. So a part of your job as a creator of your own life is to get yourself on that frequency and then go after what you want. Yep. So dude, I really appreciate this time. So I have two final questions for you that I ask all of my guests when they come on the show. Okay. All right. So first question, I want you to give me, I know you do a lot of reading. I want you to give me two of your favorite books and it can be on any topic. It could be on finance. It could be on self-development. It could be on real estate. It could be on baseball. It could be on whatever, but just two books that have been extremely impactful to you. So going back to the frequency thing, thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. I mean, I said Secret was the original, but Think and Grow Rich has probably gone way back to, you know, the founding or, you know, um, what is the, the men who founded America, Vanderbilt and all those guys. They, they were on this energy vibration wave way before anybody else was and way before they understood really what it was about. But Think and Grow Rich is one. That's probably the biggest mindset slash self-development book and then the other sales book is never split the difference the, um, the the day that i read that dude, the day that i finished that i feel like my career just took a whole different <laughs> thing, like legitimately it's amazing it's probably the best book 
sales book. I, I can never read. Wow. Dude, that's insane. That's a great recommendation. I know a lot of people are going to be like, I'm picking up Never Split the Difference right now. They're like, Dude. that's Chris Voss, man. Like that, that book was insane. I agree. Like I sat yeah. down and read through it. Like if you want to understand like the human psyche and how humans negotiate, you need to pick that book up. Whether or not you're going to be in sales or you just want to work on your relationships with people or just being able to communicate with people and get ultimately get what you want. Like yeah. Never Split the Difference is the book to read. Big time. Yeah. And people don't, I mean, if, if, even if you're not in sales every day, you're in a sale, right? Like whether it's, you want to meet the girl that you hope, hopefully you can date that that's pretty much you're selling yourself. Right. So anyway, split, never split the difference will help really get into the psyche of, of that interaction. And I'm telling you, man, it's the like number one book I've ever read. It changed, it changed my whole life. Dude, I love that. Those are some good recommendations, man. So people pick up Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, and Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss. So now, Tino, final question. And this one is my absolute favorite question. I seriously love it. I honestly think one day, Shireen gave me an idea to make a book out of people's answers for this question, which I like. So I want you to imagine one morning you wake up. Like, so tomorrow you wake up, you have no memory of anything. You don't remember your name. You don't remember who you are. You don't remember what you've done, any of the technical skills, any of the books you've read, nothing. You're a blank slate. You don't even remember the relationships you've built up until now. But you were able to retain one piece of wisdom that you know for certain to be true. Like you're not going to question why you know it's true. No one could convince you that like it's fake. Like you just have this bit of knowledge in your head and you're running with it. You're working with it and you're just accepting it what would you want that one bit of wisdom to be? Dude, that's a really good question and a really hard question. Um, the one bit of wisdom that I would wake up with, this is probably my motto in life is just, I guess, it's, I guess it would be fail forward. Like that is probably the one thing that has got me to where I'm at and hopefully will get me to where I want to be is I've never been afraid to just go and do things. You know what I mean? Like, um, whether that means, you know, make a call to a seller that is a tough seller, you know, get on, you know, make a call in front of students. Sometimes when I first started doing that with pace, you know, that made me nervous. But I think once you fail forward, learning from the experience is only going to make you 10 times better. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be my one bit of bit of wisdom is just go and do and fail forward. Yo, I absolutely love that, man. Like you have no idea how much that resonates with me because it's on my wall, like right behind my computer right now. It's literally on the wall and it says fail forward because <laughs> yeah. it's true. You know, like you don't know what's going to come of it. Like when I started doing these podcasts, I didn't know what was going to happen with it. Like what questions I was going to ask if people would want to listen. When I started getting on Instagram live and talking to people, it's nervous. Like I'm, you're, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say to people and it's live and they're watching. But like you said, you grow from every experience. So I appreciate that answer big time. And I'm hoping that the listeners also appreciate hearing that, you know, it's everything isn't perfect when you start, you know, it's, it's far from it. But if you're willing to fail, then that ultimately qualifies you to win. But if you're not willing to fail first, you're not going to get there. Yep. 
That's it. Thousand percent, man. Dude, so Tino, man, I want to be respectful of your time. I seriously appreciate you for coming on, man. This has been such a fun episode. It's really awesome diving deeply into your mindset to get a sense of how you think, to learn that your character and the way you are, it is intentional. It's something that you work on actively every single day. You build yourself up, you read books, you analyze and reflect on things that you've done in the past and you're growing. And because of that, I can easily see you growing. I can see you hitting that million dollar mark. If you haven't even hit it already, I'm sure you've already hit it, oh. it on the low, bro. But dude, I, now, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate the time, dude. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm excited to, to do more things together. And then, um, I'm excited to see you grow, bro. Like, you, you know, when you came out, you felt new. You're like, I'm, I'm not unsure of where I'm going to go with this real estate thing. And now you've closed two deals. You're getting this podcast going, dude. Like I, I can see, I can see an awesome future for, for both of us. And uh, we're going to look back at lunch at, at Bar Louie and be like, man, that was the start of something great. Dude, absolutely, man. Yo, Tino, I always appreciate you, bro. If you ever need anything, reach out. Well, same to you, brother. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you were able to get some sort of value from it. If you found anything that was valuable, please go into the comments. Let us know what it was, what your key takeaway was. We look through the comments every day. We respond to all of them, and it lets us know what's working, what's resonating, and what we should talk more about. If you have found anything to be useful that you're able to apply to your life, go back and listen to it again because the second and third time you come around and listen to the information, what you find is the information doesn't change, but you change and new things are going to start to stand out to you. That's why we record these. That's why they're out there for you to come back to and listen. And finally, if you are finding value here. I need you. I need you to go out and share this with a friend. Send this to them. Let them know they need to listen. They need to take action and they need to change their life because if you want to grow, you're going to need your network to grow. You're going to need your inner circle to grow. Okay. So that's the best gift you can give somebody. Give them education that they can apply to their life and level themselves up. Keep learning and keep growing. I'll see you on the next episode.